Today, we are going to be talking about the topic that I call twice dead. This is a condition that exists in people who are only interested in God for their own benefit. As a result, they live lives that are totally fruitless. They might say the right words, they might attend the right church, they might even dress the right way. And in the end, they are just like Balaam. No matter how many opportunities they get to repent, they fail to do so until their sinfulness leads to destruction. Jude 11-13 through 13 reads, Woe to them! They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's heir. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. These people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. Autumn trees without fruit and uprooted twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Now, the majority of our focus in this message is going to be on the prophet Balaam. And Balaam's story reminds me of the old tale, The Emperor's New Clothes. I don't know if you ever heard of The Emperor's New Clothes, but the way that it goes is it's about this emperor who is totally absorbed by his own vanity. He loved wearing the finest garments, and he would wear several outfits in one day. His obsession with fashion was so deep that he ended up neglecting his, his kingly duties. One day, some con artists approached this emperor, and they claimed that they could make a garment out of this fabric that was so fine that the only way you could see it is if you were an a wise and honest person. Now, the king was absolutely intrigued by this claim, so he commissioned these men to make him one of these garments out of this special material. So, these con artists pretended to weave something together and then proceeded to place the imaginary garment on the emperor. Then the emperor went and looked into the mirror, only to see himself naked. Now, he thought, uh-oh, I must not be an honest and wise person. So to cover up his shame of being unwise and dishonest, instead of acknowledging that he couldn't see the garment, he instead said that it was absolutely breathtaking. He paid these men to weave together another garment for his ceremony that was coming up, his his royal procession. So he's going to be in a parade all through the town. All the while, the emperor's aides are all ooing and awing over this brand new garment that these men had weaved together for him. And by the way, they couldn't see it either. But once again, when they heard that only wise and honest people could see this garment, they didn't want to be called unwise or dishonest. And so they they humored the emperor into making it sound as though they could actually see what he was wearing. And so these men, these con artists, weaved together this new garment. They put it on him, and he paraded around in the royal, in the royal procession. The crowd watched in fake awe as they all saw him marching along 
in his birthday suit. And they praised him in his new suit because none of them wanted to be considered dishonest or unwise. Until finally, this young boy saw the emperor walking through town and he said, the emperor's not wearing any clothes. And then it dawned on the rest of the crowd what was going on. And they all exclaimed together, the emperor is naked. You might recall the story of Balaam and his donkey. I know I've spoken about that before myself. The Bible categorizes Balaam as a man who is like fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted. Balaam was an absolutely fruitless man when it came to his faith. But when you read his story, you might be tempted to think otherwise. On multiple occasions, he did what God told him to do. His plan, however, was to do what God told him to do, but to do it his way. So he really wasn't, he really wasn't being obedient to God, even though God's ultimate purposes were fulfilled through him. So what do we know about Balaam? We know about his talking donkey, right? So one day, Balaam was riding around, riding around on his donkey along with a procession of princes. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared in front of him with his sword drawn, ready to strike him dead. Balaam could not see it, but the donkey could. And eventually, the donkey came to, halt, it came to a halt. Balaam's eyes were open, and the angel of the Lord commanded him, Go with the men, but speak only the word that I tell you. Now you see, this is why a Bible story is merely a Bible story if it lacks biblical context. Now leading up to this conflict, these Moabite princes found Balaam. He was a prophet living in a pagan land. The princes were delivering a message from King Balak. He wanted Balaam to place a curse upon the camp of Israel. And this story, by the way, can be found in Numbers 22 through 24. They bribed Balaam by telling him great riches would be given to him if he did as he was told. Now to Balaam's credit, he said he did not care about the reward. He would not act unless God told him to. He then invited the princes to stay with him, and he would go off with God and then give them the Lord's answer. After consulting God, the answer Balaam received was no. God even told him that his desire was not to curse Israel, but to bless them. So Balaam sent these men off. Now this wasn't good enough for Balak. So he sent his princes back to Balaam. Now this might sound harmless enough, but Balaam told the princes to wait for him as he consulted God again. Now what's wrong with this? Balaam already knew God's answer. He was just fleecing these people that wanted to consult him as a medium. This time, God told Balaam to go but to only do what he, the Lord, told him to do. 
After this conversation with God, we are told that Balaam immediately saddled up his donkey and was off with the princes. Numbers 22.7 informs us that the princes had the divination fee in their hand. So when the princes came to Balaam the second time, he should have just told them to scream. He just said, no, I want nothing to do with you. He knew God's answer. He would not curse the Israelites. For Balaam, he enjoyed collecting divination fees, and he anticipated that maybe God would change his mind on this matter. Also, remember the words of the angel of the Lord. Only speak what I tell you. Before the angel said this, Balaam was ready to turn his back uh, to turn back to his camp. Now I'm inclined to think that maybe he believed he would curse Israel. He wanted to turn back because God had exposed his intentions. Balaam had a plan. It seemed like he was willing to let the chips fall where they would. And in the end, he was trying to take advantage of God's word and the requests of the Moabites. It reminds me of this instance in the world of big-time wrestling. A man named Rick Rude was making his big comeback to the world of sports entertainment and had plans to appear on WWE Monday Night Raw. So he appeared on their Monday evening airing of the show. His role was just to announce himself and basically praise the organization. What the owners of WWE were not aware of was that he had also made plans to appear on their competitor's show, WCW, the same night. Now, in terms of marketing, this was absolutely brilliant. Rude's real intentions the whole time were to go back to WCW. So live on WCW Monday Nitro, Rude appeared and exposed to many unsuspecting fans that WWE Raw was not so raw after all, but was a pre-recorded program. So he spoke on both programs virtually at the same time. That's along the lines of deception Balaam was planning. Show up, do what God said, and take the money. Twice, Balaam scammed the princes of Moab. Two more times, he ripped off Balak through his divination. Finally, Balaam did deliver the word of God, but it came at a price. Finally, in Numbers 24, God put an end to Balaam's trickery. The Lord inspired him through the Holy Spirit. It was then that Balaam gave the king God's final word. The nation of Israel was to be blessed, not cursed. God's judgments could not be altered, and the motives of Balaam were laid bare. He lied to himself and lied to everyone else, but he could not put one past God. It's easy for us to bring condemnation against Balaam, but how often do we bargain with God? How often do we insist that God change his will? There are even people who disregard God's word, who will stand before a church as though 
God's word is their life and deceive many people. Do it solely for selfish gain. Let us serve God with sincerity of heart and joy. And that is not to say that our motives need to be perfect before you do good. I'm a strong believer myself that our hearts are always a little tainted. Even in our purest moments when we desire to serve God, I believe there's still a little part of us that says, I still want mine and I'm going to get it. Thank God, through Jesus Christ, that we are not twice dead, but fully alive in him, that we might not be condemned with the swindler and the cheat. His spirit is upon us and leads us in all righteousness all of our days. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's message. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.